Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen, history final. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate NFL Week 13 Pick'em Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Indeed, Bet Online, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, college basketball is back in full force. Yeah, it's great to have college basketball back. Or, you know, early on, knock on wood, having pretty good success with these bubbles they're doing. Uh, they had at the Mohegan Sun, the Maui Invitational in Asheville was uh, a success. What do you say? With two E's. Yeah, Bill Walton. I mean, he's entertaining to a point, but it's like when you have that guy on for an entire game and IU, he did all three of their games and Maui is like, I, I by today, I was like, I'm so over listening to this guy. Can we get someone who's actually going to break down the games? I I kind of like it. It's just, I don't know. I, I feel like every announcer is kind of the same. Early in the season, you would like some insight in terms of some of the freshmen and things like that, but like... I don't know. He makes me laugh. It was a perfect comedic balance after that Texas game two days ago. 
Yeah, that wasn't a good game for IU. I mean, but it looks like Texas is actually good. Shaka Smart, I don't know. I guess he got the restore hair like Brian Erlacher. He looks so bizarre, but Texas won the Maui. Really nice run for them. They beat UNC on a buzzer beater pretty much today. So maybe Shaka Smart's back. Texas is back. Um, but we also had Wednesday football, Cody, which was bizarre and is as ugly as a game as I think we all expected it to be. Steelers won 19 to 14. They continue, you know, to run the table. They're eleven and zero. What did you think of this game? It was terrible. I mean, the Steelers were living in the uh, Raven side of the field. They couldn't convert. They had multiple chances. A ton of drop passes in the game, um, which was incredibly frustrating. My only bet on the game was Steelers alternate line minus sixteen and a half. It was an ugly. When they were settling for field goals and they got uh, stopped early in the game when Big Ben threw the pick on like fourth down, I was like, okay, this isn't trending in the right direction. But after what happened with the Ravens at the end of the first half, which just a all-time debacle by Harbaugh and RG3, they're they're basically stuffed at the goal line. They don't spike the ball to at least get points. Um, they had the drop touchdown. I felt pretty good going into the half. Um, and it just this Steelers team does this under Tomlin as as a big favorite. They sleepwalk. Uh, I thought they'd want to really bring it to the Ravens, their division rival. So much history there, but they just kind of sleptwalk to win. And I agree, it's the most pedestrian eleven and zero team you'll see. The defense is great. Bud Dupree did get injured, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, I don't know. I think he tore his ACL. So did they, did they say yeah. that? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see that. He, he did, or likely towards ACL. So that's that's a, another huge loss for them. Yeah, so I mean, you still, him, Devin Bush. I don't know how many of these guys you can replace, but you know, I'm not gonna say the Steelers are bad. They're 11 and 0, and they've beaten some good teams, but they just play the level of their competition. Like if they played the Chiefs next week, I would fully expect them to be in that game and Big Ben to look good. And those receivers you mentioned with the drop passes, like they would play better. But in the playoffs, if they get the bye, like. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost their first game to if they played the Colts, like a Miami, just wild card team. That's what we've Bills. Come to, yeah, that's what we've come to expect from this Steelers team. Uh, a few years back when they're in the playoffs and they lost as favorites to the Jags. Uh, the year after that, they missed the playoffs because they lost a couple bad games. Like just what you come to expect from the Steelers. They, I think they're the second best team in the league, but they just they always play the level of their competition. And today. Like when McSorley threw that touchdown to Marquise Brown, I was like, the Ravens get a stop. They have a chance to win this game. It felt like the Steelers were controlling it. The play calling, they kept emphasizing how Big Ben gets the ball out so quickly. It's just, it's bizarre. Like, I don't, I don't know what to make of the team. They can't really run the ball either. Yeah, Connor was out due to COVID, but this Steelers team, they kind of have a similar run game to the 49ers. Quick out passes to the wide receivers on the outside. I don't know. With Ben and Tomlin and that defense largely intact despite the injuries, I still like this Steelers team to, I don't know, win a game in the playoffs. But I agree. I, you, you look at it, their matchup versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs, the way to beat them is to get get pressure on the quarterback, which they are able to do, and run the ball. But they, they don't have a run game. So if Big Ben has a couple turnovers, which we've seen him do in the past, it could be, uh, I believe, a shortened postseason for them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, a brutal Wednesday afternoon, bizarre game, but we'll take it given everything going on this year in the sports world to have any sports on a Wednesday afternoon, uh, especially NFL. We'll take it. Yeah, 
definitely. And you mentioned the play at the end of the half. That was huge for gamblers and someone like myself who had the first half under a 21, um, you know, praying that I think, no, if they kicked a field goal, the over would have hit too. But that mismanagement was terrible. I mean, Harbaugh, you know, I saw some people on Twitter says he doesn't call the plays, but that's still on him as the head coach when they had that timeout on first down. You have to say to RG3 and whoever, or Greg Roman, who calls the plays, like, if we're going to run on second down, we have to be prepared to spike it if we don't have time on third. And RG3 is a veteran. I know he's in, he started one game last year. He hasn't played a lot recently, but he should know better. For them to do the play action was so bizarre. And in a game where you know you're not going to score a lot of points, like, getting a field goal there is huge. Yeah, and Harbaugh's complaining about the delay of game. The Steelers players lying on. The, yeah, exactly. So, crybaby Harbaugh continues. Let's get to the IU football minute, Tyler. We lost Michael Penix, RIP, sad, torn ACL, out for the rest of the year. We're fourteen point underdogs at first. When I when I checked the line on Bet Online, friend of the program, I was like, wait, why are we so disrespected? Then I remembered. Penix is out. Tuttle's the quarterback. We're at Wisconsin. Uh, Fourteen point dogs, as I said, plus four fifty five on the money line. Over unders forty four and a half. We've never beaten Wisconsin when it's mattered uh, in really anything in the decade I followed IU sports. So Tyler, IU football minute. Let me get it out. No Michael Penix. Very sad, but ready to go when you are, champ. IU being plus 14 feels like a slap in the face. Um, you know, Jack Tuttle, obviously not a lot of people know who that is, but when he was coming out of high school, he was pretty heavily recruited. He had offers from Alabama, LSU, Wisconsin, uh, Oregon State, some pretty big schools. I don't know if you've heard of any of those. So I think there is an expectation that this guy could come and play. He's been on the team for two years. Um, he's not going to have the same explosiveness that Michael Penix did with this offense, but I think if he could be 75% of what Peyton Ramsey was last year when Penix got hurt, you know, more intermediate throws, IU can be successful. They have the weapons to do so. The defense is obviously better. They lead the Big Ten in sacks. They lead the in interceptions. And last time we saw Wisconsin play, their quarterback, Graham Mertz, threw three picks. They only scored seven points versus Northwestern. He looked terrible, so I love IU getting 14 points as an underdog. I think they keep this game close, and I, I do think they can win this game uh, with Tuttle at quarterback. I think he's more than capable. Everyone is speaking pretty highly of him. Okay, um, that's a minute. So I like IU as a, as a live dog this weekend. Okay, let's go Hoosiers, and we'll see what happens with Ohio State and the minimum games requirement because there's a chance the Hoosiers could be going to the Big Ten title game here. Well, well now there's uh, rumors that they're going to change that rule, which I don't like. Are. I'm not actually bitter about it because Ohio State beat us and whatever they're better, but it, it would be you know, obviously they're changing. They don't they don't want to see IU Northwestern in the uh, Big Ten championship game. Of course not. They want Ohio State in the playoff, so I, it's it's not going to happen unless Ohio State loses a game. And even if they lose a game, it's a tiebreaker. They'd have to lose two. So, um, but yes, but let's. NFL slate week 13 a very ugly slate but that's why we bet to make these games interesting year to date games we previewed I'm 32 and 27 Tyler you are two games behind still 30 and 29 thank you to the Bucks and that backdoor cover 
first game we want to hit on Browns at Titans. One of the best games this week. Uh, wouldn't have said that probably at the beginning of the season, but here we are. Titans minus six over under 54 two eight and three teams. So a very important game in the AFC playoff picture. The Browns just kind of keep chugging along, winning these games. They eked out a victory over the Jags last week. Did not cover in that one. The Titans much more flashy victory. Two of them, actually. They blew out the Colts last week. They won in overtime the week before over the Ravens. Tyler, six points kind of feels like a lot here. Where are you leaning? Yeah, it does feel like a lot, but this Browns team hasn't been super impressive, and they have played in a lot of weird weather games, as we know. Um, A lot of low-scoring games in Cleveland with the weather being terrible there. So I think this is a big game for Baker because this is another, you know, 8-3 and team in the AFC, another playoff team. And the Titans are going to be able to put up points in this game. Cleveland's defense is better with Miles Garrett on the field, and he's going to be back. But they're not great. They're 28th against uh, the rush, rushing success rate, 22nd in passing success rate defensively. So Titans are going to be able to score. So I'm interested to see if the Browns get down 10 nothing, 14 nothing early in this game and the defense can't get a stop. Can Baker kind of lead the charge? Can they win riding him? I mean, these are two great run rushing offenses. Um, Nick Chubb is leading the league in yards per carry. Derrick Henry is leading the league in rushing. Also, the Browns have Kareem Hunt. So both teams can run the ball well, and I think the Browns will be able to run on them. But I'm, I'm interested to see if the Browns get down early in this game. Does Stefanski feel comfortable leaning on Baker? Um, so right now I'm, I'm leaning towards laying the points with the Titans at minus six. I think Derrick Henry is just getting into the zone. And, um, you know, Tannehill, A.J. Brown, they're, they're – uh, riding high after the last two weeks so i'm leaning the titans right now but what do you think yeah i feel like the titans it's crazy to say a letdown spot i don't think that's the right word but to rat off three wins in a row over afc playoff teams i think is a lot to ask out of this titans team their defense it's getting better but I, I don't know. I, I like the Browns in this one. I think this game means a ton to them. You kind of look at their schedule. You hit on it. Besides beating the Colts early in the season, they haven't won any games against very impressive opponents. In fact, they've kind of got blown out versus playoff teams. So I feel like they, they come ready to play in this one. I think they know that they've kind of been disrespecting people like, oh, wow, the Browns are 8-3, and three, but they haven't beaten anyone. I think they come to play. I think they rely on that Chubb Hunt backfield. Miles Garrett coming back off the COVID list is huge for them. Be able to get pressure on Tannehill. Um, This is one of those games that I feel like whoever is winning at the end of the first quarter will cover the spread. That makes sense. Like you're going to know pretty early whether uh, the – whether, whether the Browns are going to get blown out by the Titans or if they're just going to run the ball, play keep away. And I'm kind of leaning towards the latter point there. I think the Browns will do a good job. I trust Stefanski and his game planning and kind of the two-headed monster they have in Chubb and Hunt. So I don't know. Six points feels like a lot to me, so I'm, I'm taking the Browns. Yeah, I think that's a good point. We'll know quickly, and that's more to say about the Browns. Like The Titans can come back yeah. and put up points. They did it. You know, the game they lost to the Steelers, they came back, and this is an explosive offense that can score quickly. So if the Titans were down, but I do think if the Titans get up 14 nothing quick and Baker throws a pick, which he's more than capable of doing. Yeah, I'll feel bad. Yeah, so I feel <laughs> scarred from, I think when the Browns played the Steelers early in the year, I took the Browns, and week one I took them versus the Ravens. So that's what I remember. I know what you're, I get what you're saying as far as this is a big game and kind of has something to prove. Um, but 
I don't know. I just go back and trust Baker in these situations. He's going to have to make big plays. And I think the Titans' defense is starting to come around a little bit. Um, so their defense is 23rd in rushing success rate, 29th in pass overall. The last two weeks are 8th and 19th, respectively. So some somewhat of an improvement after they got kind of blown out by the Colts on Thursday night. Their second in turnover margin, they've turned it over the least amount of times in the NFL. So I think they're going to have really no trouble moving it on Cleveland. And I'm not sure if Denzel Ward is going to play, which would be a big loss for the Browns. So it feels like yeah. a big number, but I'm going to take the Titans. I just... Honestly, it comes down to I trust Tannehill a lot more than uh, Baker Mayfield, which is a weird thing to say. But I kind of forgot about this game. I'm looking at the Browns' schedule: uh, 49-38, Week Four at Dallas. That kind of bizarre game where they rush for a ton of yards, but that was a bit of a shootout. Baker didn't have to throw the ball a lot, but I don't know. I kind of get similar vibes in this one. I lean towards the over. I've not checked the weather which you should do before putting that in but this one feels like it's going to be uh high scoring as well um but i like the brown six it's a lot miles garrett could easily force a touchdown here so i'm i'm, I'm riding with the browns next game we want to talk about it's crazy we're in week 13 and this is a game we're previewing falcons are their own five but they are hosting the new orleans saints uh the falcons are two and a half point home dogs over unders 46 saints started the season one and two and they've rattled off eight straight wins Taysom hill we know he's been starting there they do this every year the saints bizarre um he's undefeated as their starting quarterback his rush for four touchdowns largely looked unimpressive through the passing game and the, this falcons team i said it they started out in five they won four out of six raheem morris is truly coaching for a full-time job here they rolled the Raiders last week, 43-6. to six. I hate the Falcons. I really don't like Taysom Hill. But two and a half points, this this line feels low. It feels a little trappy towards the Saints, in my opinion. It's such a trap. Um, getting the Saints under field goal favor versus Falcons. Can't get this game right. Yeah, and they, pl- they played uh, two weeks ago, right? Two this weeks. was Hill's first start. So 24-9, it's a- they won. Mm-hmm. It's a quick turnaround. Um, I also I do like the Saints. Um, I know we try to stay away from trends, but this is a trend you really can't uh, underestimate. They're eleven and one straight up, ten and two against the spread. Their last twelve on the road. I know home field advantage isn't really a thing anymore this year, but they're just they're great at playing away from New Orleans. So I like the Saints. What I really like in this game is the under again um, with the Saints. Um, so they're since. Uh, since Hill took over, they're playing at the second slowest pace in the NFL, and the defense has been great also. They're third in pressure rate, sixth in sacks this year. On the other side, Atlanta has given up the seventh most sacks when they played a few weeks ago. Uh, Matt Ryan was sacked eight times. They've been running the ball a lot as well. They've had the second most carries in the NFL over the last two weeks with Hill. So again, same formula as last week when they played Denver. They're going to drain the clock, run a lot, a lot of short passes, so... I like the under. Atlanta's defense has been better the last four games. They're allowing 18.5 points, so they're getting to a little more respectable level there. So I like I like the under as my uh, official play and some on the Saints, too. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the Saints' defense has been unreal. They've allowed seven points a game in the last four. Um, and at this point in the season, they're the number one overall team in DVOA. Uh, the 
Bucks were up there for a while, but the Saints have have jumped them. They've covered four straight games. This team just kind of seems to plug and play. They get the job done. Julio Jones, it sounds like he's probably playing, but again, he's banged up. He has a, uh, I think it's an ankle thing going on there. Um, I don't know, and it feels like, again, you're getting a little value here because the Falcons just rolled a team in the Raiders who looked great on Sunday Night Football against the defending Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs, and almost won that one. So I don't know. It feels like you're getting, like, I don't know. The ex- expectation was that the Raiders were going to win that game last week. I feel like you're getting a couple points of value. It might be a little bit of a trap. I like the Saints for purposes of the pick. I'm a little wary of it. This feels like a nice teaser situation for the Saints to kind of get them through the three and the seven. Two key numbers, Tyler. So we'll do that, and uh, we shall Wait, see. Your official tease, plays on the under. Tease the Saints, you said? Yeah. To get through the three, not the seven. Sorry, right. the, sorry the three. I guess unless you do a 10.1. You're not, you're not supposed to tease through, uh, like, cutting through zero, but, you know, do what you want. Um, but yeah, I, I like the under since one because the games don't end in ties. So that's just the point you're like, you're giving up essentially, but we'll, we'll talk about it off air. Um, I'll show you my model on, on that one, but yeah, games, like, games could end in a tie. I mean, they can, but how, how often does that happen? Like once a year, maybe. Um, so you're could not getting, this, a ton of, could be, could be this game. You're not, you're not getting a ton of value there, but I, yeah, I like the under as well, and I'm sure I'll, I'll bet on the Saints, but kind of like, quick last point, what I said about ba- uh, Baker, like if the Falcons got up 7 nothing or 10 nothing in this game, is Taysom Hill capable of bringing them back? I'd be interested to see that happen, but... Uh, Jameis. Right. Jameis yeah. is. Yeah, LASIK Jameis. Um, next game we want to preview before taking a quick break here. Uh, Rams at Cardinals. Cardinals are plus three. Over under is forty eight and a half. This is, I think, this is the first time they're playing this year. But this is a huge game. It is, uh, especially for, I mean, for both teams. They're both coming off loss. Cardinals have lost two in a row. Um, they're kind of reeling and kind of losing grasp on that wild card spot. Uh, so huge game for both teams, jostling for position in the NFC. Uh, who do you like in this game, Cody? Because this line is kind of weird to me. I, I don't really understand it. Yeah. So. These last year, uh, the Rams beat the Cardinals twice. Rams also have not lost consecutive games this year, which is notable. And what you said, the Cardinals have lost their last two, but they've also lost three of four. The one win being that Hail Mary. Um, so really, they haven't played well in a month. Uh, their defense is really a bit of a weak point at this point. They've allowed 28 points in four of their last five games. And specifically after that Hail Mary play, everyone was kind of hyping up Kyler Murray, his MVP odds, this and that. He has not been good since then. He's thrown for less than 270 yards in the last three games, only three touchdowns, two interceptions. And, I think the biggest piece here is that he's not running the ball as much, which I think brought a totally different element to their offense. He's only ran the ball 10 times in their last two games for 46 yards. I don't know who would have texted their brother saying, oh, Kyler Murray's rushing over 45. That's that's a lock. And who's the idiot that would have taken that? I don't know who would do that. I don't know. But saying that probably happened somewhere. But he has a bit of a bum shoulder going on. Um, so he's not as aggressive running around. I'm sure they're trying to protect it. They laid a 
dud of a game versus the Patriots, which happens sometimes in the NFL. But at this point, it's been a month of kind of subpar football out of them. I like the Rams. I bet I'm just – this is a bet on the defense. I ridiculed Goff last week. I think he's my grandpa Billy's bum of the week. But they find a way to bounce back. Goff looks good about against subpar defenses. I think Arizona is that. And at the end of the day, efficiency-wise, they are one of the best teams, six overall in DVOA. And the biggest thing to me is just that Kyler Murray, There's where there's smoke, there's fire. I think there's something going on with that shoulder. So I'm taking the Rams minus three as a short road favorite. Yeah, I don't know why the Rams are at three here. They, they looked terrible last week. You know, versus the 49ers, the defense played well, but offensively they couldn't do anything. Goff was horrible. So I'm getting three points on the road, if you want to say, versus a division team. Doesn't make sense to me, so that's why I'm taking Not getting, laying three points. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, laying. Like, that doesn't make, like, why would, I feel like this should be just like a pick on. It opened at one, now it's at three. The percentage of the bets are on the Rams. The money's on the, the Cardinals. Um... But I like, I like the Rams as well, just because the line doesn't really make sense to me. Um, I think, you know, McVeigh is a much better coach at bouncing back than Kingsbury. Um, you mentioned, you know, they've lost three or four. The Cardinals should be four or four. They're 0 and 4 against the spread their last four games. And the Rams are 3 0 this year following a loss, and their average margin of victory in those games is 10 points. So they bounce back well. And I mean, that defense is amazing. You know, the 49ers didn't win the game last week because offensively they tore them up. They had like two, two, three good drives. Maybe that's it. But Aaron Donald is a beast. Um, Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. I mean, they're a top defense in the league. They're third in passing yards allowed, fifth in sacks. They're top five in limiting explosive plays. So this defense is legit. I think they'll be able to limit Kyler Murray and what they want to do. And when you watch Arizona, like you'd think they'd be like throwing the ball all over the field, kind of like a running gun team, like you know what Texas Tech was in the Big Twelve with Kingsbury. Like they're not really that. It's like a lot of short passes. It's a weird offense. I don't fully understand what they're doing. Um, so I like the Rams as well. Like Goff was so bad, he can only really go up from here. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Rams. Well, yeah, we're we're in agreement here. Just buying that defense more than anything, and McVay to scheme up a better game plan than Kingsbury can. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back previewing a couple more games and getting into our locks. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. 
Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Cody, now let's move on to the next game we want to preview. Another game that if you told me, you know, before the season we'd be talking about, I'd say you're crazy. Uh, Giants, Seahawks, Seahawks are 10-point favorites, over-unders 48. And I'm upset Dan- Daniel Jones got hurt for this game because I think this would actually be a pretty intriguing game and a game the Giants could win. Now they're down to Colt McCoy, who I feel like has been frisky in the past, so maybe that, that'll happen again. But uh, Seahawks looked good on Monday night. I thought defensively they're starting to come together a bit. Uh, where are you leaning in this game? Yeah, I mean, Rappaport tweeted out there's still an outside chance he plays, but it seems unlikely. They're still waiting on MRI results. But with the rest of their schedule and this, this kind of status of the NFC East, I doubt they rush him back for this game. Uh, but the Giants are on a three-game winning streak. Daniel Jones is actually playing pretty well before he got uh, injured in terms of protecting the ball. He hadn't thrown a pick his last three games. The impressive thing about this Giants team kind of wrote them off early in the season. It was a legitimate conversation, who's worse, the Jets or the Giants. But since the 49ers blew them out in week three, they've either won or lost by one possession in all of their games, which I don't know if the rest of the NFL kind of realizes that. So they've been frisky. They're 8-1 and against the spread their last nine. Wayne Gallman has stepped up. He's no Saquon, but he's scored a rushing touchdown in their last five games, giving them a little bit of a run game. But I want to build on the point you said. The Seattle defense starting to get it together a little bit. They beat Philly on Monday Night Football. They didn't cover. Just a crazy backdoor there. Um, classic. Classic just Eagles game. Any Eagles game you bet on, you're going to get burned in some weird fashion. Um I think Seattle really needs this one. Like, they need to win this game to keep their lead in the NFC West. I think they still have their eyes peeled on, you know, the Saints are banged up. They're taking care of business, but maybe they could somehow get the one seed. So I know 10's a lot, but Colt McCoy, he started three games uh, dating back to 2018. Last year, he started a game versus New England. They lost 33-7. to He went 18-27 to in that one. He started two more in 2018 for Washington. They lost both those games. One, they lost by two touchdowns to the Eagles. He got hurt. Another one, they lost to Dallas. It was actually close, but he's I don't know how he's still in the NFL. Um, he's not good anymore. He's a game manager at best. I think Seattle's defense will continue to build on what they've been doing. It's a short week, but it doesn't really make me nervous. I think they're going to be able to do enough to get the job done. And this one, in 10 points, like I, I, the, the Giants, if they get down by 10 points early, what's what's going to happen? What's the game plan there? So I like Seattle on this one. Yeah, I'm with you there. And this, like you said, the Giants have been competitive since that. I mean, really, outside the 49er game, even the first two games of the season, they were in it. It's not games they were scoring at the end to cover. Like, they were in these games. They almost beat Dallas, you know, when Dak got hurt. They should have been the Eagles. They should have been the Bucks. Like, 
they could easily be six and five right now. So Joe Judge, I didn't know who he was when they hired him, but he's done a really nice job. But I think okay. without Daniel Jones, Colt McCoy, like you said, if they get down seven, ten, nothing, like I, have, I don't even know how they score in this game. Um, so I like Seattle as well. I just think they're playing better right now, and they're starting to get the run game going a little bit um, with you know Carlos Hyde and uh, Chris Carson back. So I like I like the Seahawks like just taking the obviously tens a lot but like you're gonna be back in Colt McCoy and if they're down fourteen nothing I don't know where you're getting those points um, and this Giants offense just frankly isn't very good uh, yeah. they're 29th in total offense 30th in scoring 18th on third down 31st in red zone offense like they weren't playing that great with Daniel Jones they were staying competitive and maybe playing some weaker competition but. I think the Seahawks team is a different beast and they're just going to kind of roll them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think bottom line is Seattle needs to win this game to keep pace. And I think they'll look pretty good in this one. And the giants don't really like, they just kind of have to beat their NFC East rivals, get to six or seven wins. They can afford to kind of just ha- let Daniel Jones get healthy. Um, so I don't, I'm not putting a ton of stock in their performance this Sunday. Um, last game we want to talk about close to home, Tyler. I thought we were done talking about the 49ers, but I guess not. The Bills traveling to Arizona uh, to take on the 49ers Monday Night Football. 49ers one and a half point uh, favorites, or sorry, underdogs in this one. Totals 48. It's one of two Monday Night Football games because of just kind of things moving around because of COVID. We have another Tuesday night game this upcoming week. Um, the Bills, Tyler, they were very hot out of the gate. Josh Allen was a sexy MVP pick. I bet on him, mushed them for like a month, and they've looked good in like the last month, though, kind of, you know, four quarters this season. Uh, they've won three straight, four of last five, the one loss being that Cardinals Hail Mary. The defense looked good in their win over the Chargers this past weekend. We know what happened with Anthony Lynn and not being able to get it together for a backdoor cover, but... They they held the Chargers, one of the best offenses in the NFL. It's only 17 points. Um, they're looking to win their first division since. Can you guess when, Tyler? First division, you said? Mm-hmm. Last time they won the AFC East. 1992. Oh, good guess. It's That was the year I was born. This is the year you were born, 1995. Um Flip side of the coin, the 49ers left for dead. Everyone in the world on the injured reserve list. Nick Mullins stinks. They won outright as a seven-point dog versus the Rams. They sit, they're sitting there at five and six, kind of still in in the hunt uh, on the graphic for the NFC wildcard picture. Uh, this is a huge game for them. They're getting more guys back. Debo Samuel came back last week. Brandon Ayuk's coming back. Richard Sherman came back in interception last weekend. Tyler, put on your your unbiased cap. What are you thinking for uh, this game of Monday Night Football? Thank, thank God I had that lying around, or else I'd be screwed. Um, I'm taking the 49ers. I mean, it's a biased pick, but I, I can't help myself. This team sucks me in. Um, I sent you the graphic on Twitter that I saw. I think it was deleted because I'm trying to pull it up now, and it's not coming up. But it's basically like, is like the top was like oh, Nick Mullins. Yeah, it's like Nick Mullins makes a bad play. Next box is this team sucks, like tank for a pick. Then the next one is like the defense makes a play. Then it's like we still could get in the playoffs. 
and like that's where I'm at right now after they won. And last the other, week. the other, the other piece is Debo's back. Like, wow, he looks great. Like, <laughs> make the playoffs. Yeah, and Deep. I mean, Debo's a legit game changer for this team. They're three and zero straight up and against the spread the last three times he's played. They're getting Ayuk back too. So you have those two guys on the field. That's two huge weapons. Obviously, Mostert came back. Jeff Wilson came back last week to get that win versus the Rams. A solid. A divisional opponent like that was huge and I think coming into this Bills game they're just going to ride that momentum it's very weird what's going on with them uh, having to go to Arizona I don't know if that could have an impact but I also might think it might be like somewhat of a rallying cry for the team just like everything seems to be going against them this year with the injuries now this like maybe they come together a bit Debo's only practiced six times since the Super Bowl last year which is insane that he's still this good but the real reason I like the 49ers, obviously all those factors, but the Bills' rushing defense stinks. They're dead last in the league in rushing success rate. They give up the fifth most big runs. They're bottom 10. And that's perfect for what the 49ers want to do. They want to run, chew out the clock with Nick Mullins at quarterback, not make him have to make a ton of throws. With all the running backs back with Debo and Ayuk, who are kind of like an extension of the run game as well, I think they're going to be able to run on this Bills team. And the 49ers have the, are 27th in pace, so they could slow down this game, chew some clock, and just kind of run all over the Bills and make it you know less possessions. And if Shanahan dials up a good game plan, like I, I really like the 49ers. I think their run game versus the Bills' defense matches up really well. So that's why I'm, I'm taking them. Obviously, it's bias, and Josh Allen's been great. But I but think you have, you have your own bias hat on. Mm-hmm. Their their run their run game uh, plays a factor, and also the defense has been good. I mean, they have a ton of injuries, but you know they're, they're they've allowed the sixth least yards. They're ninth on third down defense. Um, they're top ten in success rate defensively. So, you know, no Nick Bosa. Sherman missed a lot of time. He's back now. Like th- some of those names aren't there. Obviously, Buckner's gone, but some of these guys like Kerry Hyder, who's no one who has heard of. Like he stepped up, and their defense is playing great. So. I think they'll have some good success versus the Bills here. Yeah, it's crazy. They have the ninth-ranked defense in terms of DVOA with all those injuries and the offense being banged up and not doing them any solid. It's, it is pretty amazing. Uh, they, were, they were incredible last week versus the Rams. They've been great recently as, an, as a dog. Last 12 games are 8-4 and four against the spread as an underdog. Josh Allen tweaked his ankle a little bit also in the game versus the Chargers. Notable just given how we know he likes to play, running around, making plays slinging the ball so if he's hampered at all it's another win for the 49ers of course we're biased um i'm on them as well getting Ayuk back is massive it's getting Mostert, debo and Ayuk back in a two-week span is is like adding you already were playing with nick mullins with training wheels on but now you give them like three additional wheels that are kind of like turbo boosters where it's like oh just throw like quick out passes where you can't throw an interception in theory um and these guys make plays so i i really like the 49ers if they can win this week i don't want to go on too much of a tangent here but then they play washington and dallas and then from what i read jimmy g and kittle can come back and the nfc is wide open and yes, no Bosa, but the defense has looked rock solid. And here we are. We've done it. We're in the full graphic. But if Nick Mullins throws a pick six early on Monday Night Football, we're back in tanking. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, he's, he's been horrible. 
But um, and you know, this isn't this is not like a must-win game for the Bills. You know, they're not going to get the one seed, so no buys at play here. You know, they mm-hmm. stay in the four seed. They get to play Cleveland. I'd rather play them than maybe the Colts or Miami. So mm. not not a huge game mm. for them. And you know, we previewed the Rams Cardinals games. One of those teams is going to lose, so that benefits the 49ers either way. You know, the Bears are free falling, so this is a monster game for the 49ers. This is usually when they you know, stab us in the heart. Um, but yeah, it's a big game, but let's move on to our monkey knife fight, uh, pick of the week. We continue to win these Cody. I think we're 15 and oh this year. Um, I'll go first. <laughs> sure. Cause mine, uh, is related to the 49ers bills game. I'm going to do the touchdown dance. I'm going to take Debo Mostert and Stefan Diggs to score over two and a half touchdowns. That pays out two to one. Um, most search scored last week. Debo touches the ball, is going to touch the ball a ton in this game. And also Diggs has been great for Buffalo this year. So that's my touchdown dance. And, uh, that's my monkey knife fight pick. What do you think? I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going Falcon Saints game, touchdown dance over two and a half touchdowns. I like Kamara and Murray. Just, I'm just grabbing that running back core. I think you're getting at least one or two there. And then I'm taking Calvin Ridley on the Falcons. He's been a stud all year. Julio banged up. We'll see if he plays or not. That pays out two times. So again, use promo code full slate at monkey knife. I have Free $5 contest and up to $50 first deposit match. Tyler, lock of the week. Let's wrap it up. Week 13 here. You are sitting at 8-3-1. and one. I'm two games back, 6-5-1 and one. since we both won last week. And you're in the lead overall. I'll let you go first. Thank you, Cody. So my lock of the week is actually a game we just talked about a little while ago. And I'm going to take another under here. I'm starting, I'm starting to really get into these unders. It's rooting for disgusting football. Uh, like I said, I had the first half under in the Steelers game today. I had the under, an alternate under as well that hit. So I'm really getting into them. I'm rooting for this awful brand of football. But I like the under Seahawks-Giants game we just talked about a little while ago at 48. Uh, the unders hit in Seattle's last three games. We talked about the defense starting to come on. They sacked Wentz six times on Monday Night Football. Since week eight, they have the most sacks in the NFL at 22. The Carlos Dunlap. Acquisition has really helped. Jamal Adams being healthy again. He's playing a huge factor. Um, I think he leads the team in sacks, actually. Uh, let me see. He is, yeah, he's team high six and a half sacks since returning in week nine. So he's been, you know, they gave up a lot for him. I don't know if they would do that again, but he's starting to play like the guy they wanted to acquire. And also, you know, they're still letting Russ cook. I wouldn't say he's still making, you know, the five-star meals like he was at the early in the season. Maybe he's now just making appetizers. They don't want to put as much strain on him. Maybe um, your meat sauce? What do you say? <laughs> Maybe your meat sauce? No, probably just like throwing some uh, pigs in the blanket and pizza rolls in the oven or something like that. You know, not asking him to do a ton, you know, since Hyde came back and basically since the Thursday night game, um, they're starting to run the ball more. They don't want to... And also, you know, put less of a burden on the defense, too, which was struggling at the time. Um, their last three games, they have the 11th highest rushing percentage in the NFL, which doesn't sound super high, but comparatively, the rest of the season is 23rd. Um, they're playing the, the slowest pace in the NFL over the last two weeks, so they're really draining the clock. And we watched the game on Monday night versus the Eagles. They weren't in, like, they weren't throwing the ball all over the place. Kind of more conservative what we've seen the last couple of years from them and also this Giants defense is pretty decent over the last six games they're 
giving up an average of around 19 points a game. So I don't think they're going to get their doors blown off. This also comes down to, like I said, Colt McCoy isn't going to be able to do anything this game. If Seattle's pass rush continues to play like this, I don't see the Giants really scoring a ton. I see this as like a 27-7 to type game. So that's my lock of the week. I really like the under in this game. I really like that pick for you. Um, I, I think Colt McCoy, it's... It's just not going to be pretty. Like when he took over that Bengals game, the Giants hung on, but it, you know they're so limited offensively. On the Giants side, they're not going to be putting together a lot of explosive plays, which you like calling out. Um, they're 30th guess, in explosiveness. Okay, thank you. Um, we need we need sharp to the pod. We're giving plugs left and right here. I uh, I agree. I think Seattle has kind of figured it out defensively. If Daniels Jones winds up starting by some miracle, you may have to sweat this a little more, but with Cole McCoy, I, I don't know. I, I just don't I don't see Seattle. They they continue to rely, rely a little bit too much, in my opinion, on the run game, but that works well for the under. Um, yeah, so. I, th- I think 48 is kind of high, too. It's just high. Because Seattle, you know, at the beginning of the year, they were throwing the ball all over the place. Like, like I said, they're starting to go away from that. And I just, I just think 48 is high. Like I said, I don't, I don't see the Giants being able to score in this game. I think this is more relying on what Seattle was those first five weeks of the season, which they, they don't want to be. P. Carroll doesn't want to be like that kind of team, wants to be more balanced. So I, th- I think this is a winner. Like, Can the Giants get to 17 points? Because that's how you lose this. But I don't think they can. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think they can. But also, if the Giants get to seventeen, I think they're probably in the game, and maybe they make it a little sloppy. So we'll see. We shall see. Uh, my lock of the week. I'm going back to my drawing board. What well, one last week? Fading the Jets, taking Miami off a loss. Their opponent this week, the Raiders, off an embarrassing loss. I'm taking them. Raiders minus nine. Now, a few few reasons why here. Raiders, it was just an absolute disaster of a game. They turned the ball over five times versus Atlanta. Everyone was singing their praises, even though they lost um, versus the Chiefs. Um, but I think normally this could be maybe a little bit of a trap game, even though they are off a loss. The Jets are the worst team of football. But this same Jets team absolutely destroyed the Raiders last year, 34-3. to So I think the Raiders are going to come in a little bit uh, tuned up, wanting revenge for that loss uh, last year. And they need to win this game. They absolutely need to keep pace in the AFC wildcard picture. Um the Jets, this is more more than anything, just a fading of the New York Jets. That football team I watched versus Miami, Miami tried. They really tried to let the Jets cover. Sam Darnold was inept. He just continued to turn the ball over. Adam Gase's play calling is so bad. And defensively, they just you're able to pass the ball up and down the field on them. I think that plays into the Raiders' strong suit. I know Jacobs is a little bit banged up, but I like Derek Carr to have a bounce-back game. He was terrible last week. Um, but specifically, the Jets have lost by an average of 15.5 points this year. They've lost by double digits in seven of their 11 losses. They're averaging offensively less than two touchdowns per game. That's last in the NFL. Um, and the, their defense, like I said, just miserable against the pass. The Raiders have been good on the road, except for last week. They were, they'd were covered six of their last seven road games prior to that. I just think this Raiders team needs to look good. They need to get their mojo back a bit after two consecutive losses. So I'm taking them minus nine in this spot. Yeah, so you mentioned that game last year, and I think we had the Jets as our lock of the week. So I remember. Yeah, we did. 
profiting pretty nicely off that game. And I'm looking at their schedule, and this is like the same exact spot pretty much. They were six and four at that time, and then they lost 34 to three to the Jets, and it just kind of fell apart for them. I don't know if the same thing's happening this year. I like to think they're a better team, and the Jets are a much worse team uh, than they were last year. Um, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sold on it. Uh, I just the Raiders don't play any defense. Like Miami was able to win that game last week because their defense was all over the Jets. Like I don't. I don't know if the Raiders will have the same success. So I'm not. I'm not as into it as uh, you are. Hate hate to say it. That's okay. That's why it's my lock of the week. And. Um... Was not yours, so we will see what happens. Um, anything else you want to say? I think that's it. So we'll be back on Sunday to wrap up and see see what happens with Cody's Raiders pick, my under, and the rest of the week 13 in the NFL. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.